0: together um, last week we looked at better together the common ground, better together the common ground. Today we will be looking at better together the common wealth. next weekend we will be looking at better together the common health and in part four, Better Together the Uncommon Life. Now, last week, we explained that God wants us to be in community. God does not want us to be in isolation. That it is God's heart for us to live in community. And God delivers a whole lot of, value to us via community and we explained why we need people and and we said, I need people to work with me, that's the first reason and the second reason we need people, we said we need people to to work with us. and the third reason we need people we said we need people to watch our back or watch out for us and the final reason we said we need people is that we need people to to wait with us and weep with us if necessary to wait because we shouldn't go through what we go through alone. And we explained how we need to have common ground for us to even begin to pull together. And we explained that we, we, we have common ground through the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood we share, and through the values we share, and we explained our values. We listed the 12 of them. And, and we said, we, if you we don't, if, if don't have the blood of Christ, the covenant of, of Jesus, we can't have common ground. And if you have the covenant of Jesus, and you don't share our values, we really cannot have common ground. We'll be brothers, we'll meet in heaven, but we, can't have, we won't have common ground here on earth. So today we are moving further and we are looking at common wealth. Common wealth. Our text remains Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9. It says two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Two people Are better than one. Two are better than one. You see, that is how God's economics works. Two are better than one. With God, there's no local champion. With God, there's no Rambo, if you will. With God, there's no one-man army. With God, we need each other. I mean, it's amazing. Years ago, when we were doing some project, you know, that requires finances, of course. And I was on my face praying with God, to God, because we, 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 we needed the money. And it appeared that where, where we, I mean, we're like, where is this money going to come from? You know, and, and I was on my face with God. And I said to God, you know, after praying and praying and praying, I said, God, you know what? You know me give me this money, I will give everything to you. Let's, let's cut the chase. Just give me all of the money and I will give everything to you. And we can move forward. And you know what he says to me? He says, I won't do that. <laughs> I'm like, why? Don't you want this thing done? He says, because other people's destinies are tied to it. So if I give only you to, give, to bring, what will happen to everybody else? Praise the name of the Lord. It's amazing how God has set things up. Two, he says, are better than one. Two are better than one. And when it comes to pulling together in every ramifications, two are still better than one. If the enemy wants to destroy people, the first thing they do is to isolate. I mean, it's, 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 it's as if it's such an old trick, but it always works. Why does it always work? Because we are not very smart people, as those that fall into it. Two, I was saying two, are better than one. So we, we kick up from there. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. Ephesians two twelve. Says, because we are now looking at common wealth. Common wealth. Ephesians 2, 4 says, 2.12 um, 2, says that at that time you were without Christ. Being aliens. Everybody say aliens. Aliens meet foreigners. Being foreigners to the common wealth of Israel. We were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel, who were strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in this world. So God is saying that at that time, what time was he referring to? The time we were without Christ. We were without Christ we were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel. So what about now? What about now? If then, without Christ, we were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel, it means that now we are citizens of the the commonwealth of Israel. Another translation puts it this way. It says, in those days... You were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship. You were excluded from what? From citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had for them. So, God is saying there was a time we were not part of the commonwealth of God's people. But now, because of Jesus, we have attained citizenship (laughs) of the nation of Israel. That is, we are spiritual Jews. You know, am, am I saying that you should go, show up in Israel. You don't have a visa. I said, I'm a Jew, you know. Right now, because they that, they will bounce you. But the time is coming. When Jesus is going to come from Jerusalem, I will not need a visa to enter Israel. That's on the physical, on earth. However, from a spiritual standpoint, we have become citizens, a part of the commonwealth. When a nation has resources, The resources the nation has is the common wealth of the nation. It's the wealth that is available to everyone in that nation. So, Nigeria, we have all amazing abundance of abundant resources. We have have gold, we have precious stones, we have um, water, we have, I don't want to mention oil we have oil, we have all... So, But everything should, should be for everybody. That is what is called common wealth. And when we, when we talk about wealth, we are talking about well, total well-being. So it's not just the resources that is in Nigeria that is the common wealth of, of everybody. Even the, the army... For protection for everybody. The police is, is part of the common wealth. The total well-being, the health care system is part of the common wealth of the nation. So wealth, we are talking about, when we say wealth, we are talking about well-being. Well-being. Obviously, that includes financial well-being. It, it goes beyond financial. When we're talking about Common wealth, we're talking about spiritual well-being. We're talking about relational well-being. We're talking about emotional well-being. We're talking about financial well-being. So, common wealth means common well-being. Common well-being. So, if you and I have become a part of the commonwealth of Israel, it means that everything Jehovah has for the nation of Israel from a spiritual standpoint belongs to us. Praise the Lord. Every single thing. So, you could define commonwealth as... What is shared and beneficial for all members of a community and is attained by citizenship. So, the total resources available for the common good of a group of people. And how do you have a path in that commonwealth? You have a path in that commonwealth because you are a citizen of that nation. So, you have a path to the commonwealth of Nigeria because you, if you are a Nigerian, you should have a path again. You, everybody will have a path very soon. Don't mind what the politicians are doing. God is intervening in our affairs. Amen. So that is what the commonwealth is So, As far as God is concerned, God is saying what I have in store is for all my children. What I have in store is for all my children. So let's say you have a child. You have a car. And you're about to come to church today. Does he ever, ever, ever cross the your child's mind, that he or she is going to take bus to church. So you enter your car, and your, 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 your child says, oh, I, 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 I need transport money to get to church. Does it even cross their mind? Do you know why it doesn't cross their mind? Because they they are part of your commonwealth. Commonwealth of something like that. Commonwealth of, of your family. They are part, and they understand You see, when Jesus says that except you be converted and be like these little children, you cannot even enter the the kingdom of God. What he's saying is this. Except your understanding of father-son relationship and your embracing of same, is like these little children, they don't second-guess anything. They're like, this is my daddy's car. So God is saying and With spiritual things, revelation is everything. You cannot access power beyond your revelation. You cannot access anything in the spiritual realm beyond your level of revelation. If your prayer exceeds your revelation, it's wasted prayer. But because it's not wasted, it's stored up for you. And that's why it's stored up. The day you get the revelation, they release it. So you need to know that that is what God has in store for you. So, back to our diagram. We explained this. Many of us are very conversant with this diagram by now. This is the... the, um, it changed this. It shouldn't be from here anymore. Anyway, we explained that this is where man began. Adam. That is All of us, every human being, is a part of the Adamic line. In fact, we have what they call the Adamic nature. (laughs) Why? Because that's our lineage. At a point in time, when Adam fell, God drove him out of the Garden of Eden, but God gave a promise. And God's promises, I am going to bring a Messiah. And it's going to come from a people through a man. And God, to fulfill that promise, called Abraham at this point. And God says, leave your father's house. I want to make a nation of you. I want to make a nation of you. This was a man that didn't have a child. And God was saying, I want to make a nation of you. And God called Abraham out. Then at Sinai. Basically at Sinai. So that is why this should actually be um, from here. That should be from there. And not and not from here. Are we together? Cool. So at some point. On Mount Sinai, the children of Israel, this were the people, the, the people of God, the kingdom of God represented on earth started with the nation of Israel before the church. The church today is the kingdom of God represented on earth. Praise the name of the Lord. So it started with the nation of Israel. Now, the nation of Israel said to Moses, we don't want to have a one-on-one relationship with God. We want you to be a mediator between us and God. Hear from God. Tell us what it tells you to do, and we will do it. And there came the law. So the Mosaic law a Mosaic covenant was a branch out of the Abrahamic covenant. They retained the Abrahamic covenant, but they branched out with the law. Now, when Jesus came on the cross of Calvary, Jesus canceled out the Mosaic law. That is what the Bible spent a lot of time in Romans, in in Ephesians, in Galatians, in Hebrews, explaining that the old covenant is gone. The new covenant has come. The old covenant that expired was the Mosaic covenant. I must say Mosaic covenant. Not the Abrahamic covenant. If you miss that, which a lot of people miss, a lot of very good intending Christians, they don't get this. They think that the church has come to replace Israel. No. The church has come to provoke Israel to jealousy. That's what the Bible says. The the, the church actually has come to be engrafted into what Israel took for granted. So, through Christ, through the cross of Jesus, we have been brought into the Abrahamic covenant. So, while the Mosaic covenant did not continue with with the church beyond the cross, guess what? The Abrahamic covenant continued after the cross. So, we are children of abraham part of the commonwealth of israel we are spiritual jews <laughs> praise the name of the lord i mean you should totally be excited about that we are spiritual jews so pastor what are you saying galatians 3:17 what are you saying galatians 3:17 says This is what I am trying to say, in fact. (laughs) This is what I am trying to say. I've been trying to say, if you miss the silver and gold series, please get that series and listen to it. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement, the covenant God made with Abraham could not be canceled. 430 years later, when God gave the law to Moses, God will be breaking his promise. So the law of Moses could not have replaced the covenant of Abraham. The covenant of Abraham existed. It's an eternal covenant. And that is what God has for us. It's an eternal covenant. For 430 years, it will will not erode what God made eternal. It's not going to happen. And when the people of God began to live out the kingdom, you know, even though we are not under the law, the law actually shows us God's heart on a lot of issues. How God organized the nation of Israel shows us God's heart on a lot of issues. Why we should not live strictly by those codes? We should have an, a glimpse, it's like a shadow of, of the substance of, of this. So if God was a jealous God in the, in, in the Old Testament, if you will, guess what? God is still a jealous God today. He's not a better version of himself. I'm the Lord, I change it not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are the ones that change. If God is a holy God in the Old Testament, guess what? God is still a holy God. Grace will not change that. So if God had a heart, like the choir sang, that it is his heart that all the needs should be supplied, God still wants all needs supplied. If, if it is was his heart that nobody should lack, it is still his heart that nobody should lack. Deuteronomy 15, 4 that we read says to us, Deuteronomy 15, 4 that there should be, I was say should be, there should be no poor among you for the Lord your God will greatly, not sparingly, greatly bless you. Say amen. And the land is given you as a special possession. That is God's heart. That was God's heart. That is God's heart. That will forever be God's heart. Another translation puts it this way. It says, however, ideally, everyone say ideally, you know what God begins to say? Ideally, this ought not to be. shows you that something can happen that will make it not stand. Ideally, there shouldn't be any poor among you. Ideally, ideally, ideally. But by the time you fast forward to verse 11, it says, There will always be some in the land who are poor. I mean, come on. You know. There will always be. So, God is saying, this is my heart. None should be poor. Ideally, none should be poor. But God is saying, there will always be some that will be poor. And now, see see God's heart again. See God's heart again. He says, this is why I'm commanding you, those of you that will not be poor, That is, those of you that are members of God's favorite house. (laughs) This is why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with others that are part of the covenant. So God says, even though these people will still not do what I have told them to do, they will not live by my principles. They will remain poor. God still made provision for their needs to be met through those of us that are obedient to his principles. And that translation puts it this way. It says, unfortunately, you know, it says, ideally, this ought not to be, but unfortunately, there will always be poor people throughout the country. This is why I'm giving you this command. Give generously. How? So we see two things play out here. God says, you are A part of my kingdom. Because you are a part of my kingdom, you are you have access to my wealth, and it's a common wealth to all my children. So there should be no one that is poor among you. It is your common heritage, it is your common wealth. Then he says, because I'm not a respecter of persons, I obey only principles. There will be some of you that will not obey my principles. Therefore, they will be playing with devourers. They will eat their tithes. They will invite consumers. They will invite locusts and canker worms. They know there will be some of you that will not obey my principles. They will not walk. They will not do what I want them to do. I know so they will be poor. He says, but I still don't want them cut out from that commonwealth. I still want to give access to them. So now they cannot get access directly from my throne, from my kingdom. Let them get access from your pockets. So there are two ways. There are two avenues to the commonwealth. The first is commonwealth by covenant. The second is commonwealth by community. Commonwealth by covenant is well-being available in the kingdom by reason of covenant. Commonwealth by community is well-being available in the kingdom by reason of community. Commonwealth by covenant is so powerful. So, let me ask you this morning, as a person, for your own posterity and for your family, which do you choose? I need someone to volunteer and come forward. I want, I want to explain something. Someone? <clears throat> Anybody? Male, female? Yes, sir? Come forward. Okay, two of you. Both of you. Yeah? I can take two people. Let's start for them. Come up. Why is it that it's only the men that are always very bold to take initiative? Why? Ladies, what's going on? Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, sir. So, this is, what's your name, sir? Timothy, Timothy of course. And John, Mr. John. and John, Mr. John. Okay, so Mr. John, you face us like this. Good. <laughs> now, now, this is God's heart. It is God's heart that Timothy and John be taken care of financially. And the reason is this Timothy and John are a part of God's kingdom. So, so God, the difference between, of course, I've explained this before, the difference between a kingdom and, and, and a democracy is, is, is huge, right? The kingdom is ruled by a king, so the democracy is ruled by maybe a president or a prime minister but there's there's an election. But here is the big difference as far as welfare is concerned. The kingdom, the welfare of this man and the welfare of this man is a direct reflection of the king. So when God is saying, none of you should be poor, it it is not, well, he loves you, but it's it's because of himself. So he says, "This man should not be poor. And this man should not be poor because when they are greatly blessed, they reflect me, the king. It shows I'm a good king. It shows I'm a generous king. It's just like if you if you if, you're, if you if you are, let's like, say, you're well-to-do and your wife." He's dressing shabbily. Whose shame is it? Even if you don't, even if you are wearing singlet, your wife must wear, you know. <laughs> okay, only one person is clapping. I'm sure she's female. <laughs> you know. It's because it's a reflection of you. Because the woman is the glory of the man. That's why, ah, the time. Should I enter into it? That's why, you know, <laughs> when you, after coming back, Timothy and John, when you come, in, in Revelation 4, I think, it says that the 20 and 4 elders, they come before God and they lay down their crowns, the glory of their lives before him. In worship, two things: If you are married, every time you show up before God, you put down your crown, your glory, what represents your glory. It means how you treat your wife before God. If your crown is tacky and panda, you know what they call panda, you know. That's why Peter was saying, treat them with understanding, so that your prayers are not, bad. so that when you show up before God, boom. God says, correct boy, 100%. (laughs) That that is how it is. And, And the second implication of that is this. Sometimes when you come to worship, you need to come alone. You need to set aside your wife. Some of us, we cannot do without our wives, you know what I mean, for just one week, for just... One month, pray and fast, and just set the crown aside. Children are here, so I won't say more than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> back, back to Timothy. Now, both of you will be wealthy, in Amen. Jesus' name. I'm just using this as, as an example, okay? I, you know, so, so, let's assume that Timothy obeys God's principles. Let's assume that Timothy obeys God's principles. Let's just assume it. And John doesn't. Timothy will be greatly blessed. But what God is saying, Timothy, you are greatly blessed, but you have a duty to John. So, even though you are greatly blessed, this man must not suffer, Timothy. Timothy. It <laughs> says he wants to be blessed and take care of you. <laughs> so, so, so God is saying, um, okay, <laughs> John, <laughs> okay, um, everybody, okay. Okay, thank you. Let's before we start a war here, you know. So maybe, uh, thank you. You can go back to your seat <laughs> because I don't know who to use anymore. I want to use Timothy. People say no, use John. Let me take care of him. John says use Timothy. Let me take care of him. You know, God be blessed both of you. <laughs> so, so, Amen. Let's let's, let's give let me a big um, hand. So God is saying, you that are blessed, you have a responsibility to extend the content of the commonwealth to the people. So that my kingdom, there will be no lack. But again, like we have the contest on stage here. Both of them are choosing commonwealth by covenant. Not commonwealth by community. And it is so important that you think of commonwealth by community as a safety net and not a supply source. Think of it as a safety net that God has put in place. And it's for your benefit, for your good. It is not a supply source. Never, ever, if you don't want to die in poverty, never, ever think of commonwealth as a supply source. Oh, they should take care of us in church. Oh, we are the ones they should take care of. Oh, didn't the Bible say take care of the poor? Did they put your name there? We should see it as a safety net and, and not as a supply source. We should see it as a privilege and not as a right. When you begin to see a privilege as a right, you are asking for trouble. Years ago, long time ago, there was someone, my wife and I were pastoring, a family, we were pastoring a few, a few people at the time, you know. And there was this man that, you know, didn't have a job. So we would come, call him, and every time we raised the prayer point, every time we were raising prayer points, you know, after a while, as a pastor, you want to find out what's going on here. So we, we called him and, and we engaged him. What's going on, you know? you know? And just to understand the situation, not that you know, there's necessarily a problem with him. And and he said, from everything we could see, he had married a beautiful woman, she has given birth to about three children for him, and he hasn't paid a a dowry, a bride price. A, the girl's father is not happy, you know, that you just take my daughter like that. No, you didn't honor me, and all that stuff. So we said to him that, Oga, because it's always coming for commonwealth by community, you know what I mean. So, we said to okay, God, you know what? Go and fix this. He says, he needs money to fix it now. So he needs a job first. When he gets a job, we will fix it. I said, well, that's a good idea. So we, we pleaded with God and we prayed, you know, and we agreed and we did all that. I kid you not, I think that week or the week after I got a job, this guy has not got a job for, <laughs> for a long time. So he got a job. So I gave him some space, you know. So that it's not as if, is it because you prayed? You now you want to be controlling my finances. So, I don't know how many months I gave him. So I called him. I said, oh, God, have you paid it down? He said, ah, no, 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 no. I have this project. You know, I want to plug this money here. I want to. I said, oh, you don't understand. You know, long story short, You need not listen to me. He lost the job. Back to square one. He came back for Commonwealth for Community. I said to him, can you see, can't you see that there's a connection between these things? God is not a respecter of persons. If you obey his principles, you get the result. So it's, yeah, you can clap yeah. So, so he said, he said, ah, oh, oh, pastor, ah, oh, ah, 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 So, <laughs> so, you know, pastor's job eh, is very interesting, very, very interesting. You see different kind of people, strange people, you know, but lovable people. So, you said to them, so I said to him, we said to him, okay, we're going to pray again. I kid you not, we went to God, we prayed, we agreed, we prayed, 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 prayed. Instantly, I don't know how long, it was not more than two weeks, he got another job. Guess what? He did the same thing. It doesn't end there, though. He still came back for commonwealth, for community. I chastised him, chastised him, chastised him. But you see, God is the God of mercy, right? So we put in. I kid you not. He got another job. I kid you not. He did the same thing. <laughs> he lost the job. So he came to meet us one time because, I mean, mean, you have children to take care of. I mean, you have a wife. Come on. He actually needed help. He came for common welfare community. I was trying to connect him to covenant. So that day, he came. My wife and I, he also wanted the right to to the island. So we gave him the money that he needed. And I said to him, I don't want to ever See you again. Don't come to this church again. It wasn't the church I talked I mean, you know what I mean. Don't, I chased him away. Till today, I've not set my eyes on him. Well, don't look at me like that. That was like 12 years ago. I just started this team. And the boy was trying to frustrate me. Praise the Lord. I mean, I'm not saying I would do the same today. Would I? <laughs> I've grown a little bit more patient. I know you are more patient, so God will be sending those kind of people to you. <laughs> you are judging me, <laughs> you know. So I said, "If I if I see your shadow, <laughs> I, we dropped him and I said goodbye, and that was that was the last time I saw him." Some people are bent because they think God is emotional. The mistake religious people make is this. Religious people think that God operates emotionally. He doesn't. Kingdom people, kingdom people know, they know that God operates how? By principles. God operates by principle. By principle. God doesn't operate emotionally. You're by principle. You're by principle. You think, oh, if I fast, if I pray, and I cry, and I roll, and I roll, and I shed tears, God will answer me. Listen. All that is providing power to back your principle. The obedience to the principle. If you have no obedience to principle in stock, nothing happens. Nothing happens. So that's why we will spend more time teaching people principle. Yes, we believe in miracles. We have God-reaching service three times a year, deliberately, so that people don't think that it is just a close my eyes, a miracle from, from, from heaven. It's, it's like you don't live in the wilderness forever. So that like you understand that yes, God does miracles, but beyond that, God wants you to be a miracle worker. So that when you operate his principles, you bring to birth his miracles. And you don't need to be running from pillar to post. However, from a community standpoint, is where the strength is. I'm going to go very fast over a few things and, and because it's totally necessary. A person's well being is found in the good. Of the whole community, the common good, the commonwealth. That is where the well-being is found, in the good of, of what? The whole community. Psalm 126, Psalm 126, verse 6 says that you should pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love the city prosper. Seek common good. The mistake a lot of our leaders are making is they think that they can seek personal good and it will be well with them. It can't be well with them. I'm not cursing anybody, but can it be well with them? Jeremiah 29.7 says, And walk work, work for the peace and prosperity of the city I sent you in, even though you are in exile. Walk for the common good. Pray for the Lord for it, for its welfare, Will determine your welfare. When you're a part of the community, you pray for the good of the community. Why? Because the welfare of the community determines your welfare. If you're a part of God's favorite house, you it is in your interest that you pray for God's favorite house. Why? Because as God expands and blesses and anoints the church, get what happens to you? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You pray for the country you are in. And that's how God is. 1 Timothy 2, 1-2 says pray for the kings and on and on and on and on and on. So when we now come down and see how it is implemented in the early church in Acts 2, 42 it says, and which is the commonwealth for community now, where we've explained in depth commonwealth for covenant in, in, in silver and gold series. When we look at commonwealth for community, all believers devoted themselves. I must say devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to what? To prayer. Now, they devoted themselves imply that they had common ground, and they were sold out to that common ground. They had common ground. This is our values. This, they devoted themselves, and they were sold out to that common ground. It is so important that you understand that. For You to be a part of a commonwealth, you must be sold out to the common ground. For you to be a part of a commonwealth, you must be sold out to the common ground. Why? Why? Because there must be a common ground before there's a commonwealth. So the early church, there must be a common ground for this a commonwealth. So the early church had not just financial commonwealth. And this is where a lot of communities get this wrong. Communities of faith get this, they, get this wrong. You know, they had spiritual commonwealth. They had spiritual shared well-being. How? The Bible says they devoted themselves to what? the apostles' teaching, and to prayer. So these people, they had spiritual commonwealth. They could pray for one another. They they listened to the word of God. They were committed to what they were taught. They had spiritual commonwealth. And beyond spiritual commonwealth, that scripture shows us that they also had emotional and relational commonwealth. And it says they devoted themselves to fellowship to each other, to fellowship. They had emotional and relational commonwealth. Then we see you know unfortunately that's the only thing that those erroneous communities see. But the first two were there for a purpose. Then we see that they now had a physical and a financial commonwealth. They devoted themselves to sharing everything, including food and finances. That was huge. They devoted themselves to sharing everything. So when you look at Acts 2.44, the Word of God says that there was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. Because they had a spiritual commonwealth, common ground and commonwealth. They had an emotional and relational common ground and commonwealth. And, and they had um, a physical and financial common ground and commonwealth. So there was an intense sense of togetherness among all who believed. And they all, ever say all. All. They shared, they shared all their material possession in trust. They shared it in trust. Verse 45. They sold any possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. In need. So we see that Commonwealth must be holistic. It must be holistic for it to be realistic and scriptural. It must be holistic. So to have spiritual shared well-being without having a physical and financial shared well-being is unscriptural. For us to come and we pray, and we pray, and we bind, and we lose, and we cast, and we do everything. And somebody is, is, your brother is hungry, and you say, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. It's unscriptural. scriptural. 1 John three seventeen. I mean, 1 John three seventeen. The Word of God is strong about this. It says, if anyone has material possession and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? So it's like, if you have spiritual commonwealth, but you don't have physical exchanges and commonwealth. God says something is wrong with that. And that translation puts it this way. It says, if a person owns the kind of things we need to make it in this world, but refuses to share with those in need, is it even possible? Wow. Is it even possible that God's love lives in that person? Is it even possible? So God is saying it is our, it is, there's a, it's a misnomer. And also, it means, because for it to be holistic, it also means that to expect a physical shared well being, a physical commonwealth, Financial commonwealth without a spiritual one is unscriptural. For you to expect that you will come to a church and they should take care of you. Meanwhile, you are not a part of, you are not engaging with them spiritually. You have no shared spiritual common ground. You have no shared emotional or relational common ground. But you think they should take care of you. Something is wrong with that. You refuse to join a life group. You know, one of the reasons we do everything by Life Group is, is simply because of this. Why? Because Life Group tells us those involve in the life of the church. You don't do all that, it doesn't work. So, God, even from both ends, from both the giver and the receiver, from both the giver and the receiver. In in Acts 4, 32, from a receiver standpoint, it says, and all the believers were united in heart and mind first, then there was no needy people among them. So, for Want to happen? The other must be in place first. And the next scripture, from the contributor standpoint, also, because you can't contribute to a commonwealth you are not you are not spiritually connected to. It's, it's irrelevant. All the believers were united in heart and mind and they felt that what they owned. So they must be united in heart and mind first before they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. So if the unity in the heart and mind, the commitment to the common ground is not in place and you are just bringing money to contribute, you may get into trouble spiritually. So pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying... That you don't want anybody that is not united and connected to um, to God's favorite house vision and and mission and values. You don't want them to contribute to the commonwealth. Exactly. Exactly. Because if you do, you'll be wasting your time. And if you if you are in church and you are not fully committed to. You see, it is if, if, you, if you're not fully committed to is the good of Israel, if you're fully committed to the good of Israel, it's for your good, President of the Lord. So if you're in church, you're not fully committed to the heart of the vision and the heart of the values, please keep your money in your pocket because you may get into trouble. Ask Ananias of Sapphira. Everybody was doing it. Peter, I mean, I can imagine the conversation that went on in their houses, husband and wife. We have to be wise, though, you know. All these Peter, Peter people. I'm watching that Peter man. You know you are even older than Peter. Hey, hey I knew it. How old is Peter self? You're not carrying all your things. You're not going to give Peter. Be careful, though. The wife says, ah, ah, okay. Me too, I this thing. So what should we do? We will do small, eh? Then we will They will come, they will give, everybody will rejoice. And they brought it, and they brought it. And Peter said, were you not afraid to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now, if you read that scripture, who did they lie to? Peter, physically. Who did Peter say they lied to? And that is the principle of representation. Peter was not standing by himself and by his authority, he was representing the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so they got into trouble that destroyed them physically. Have I showed you in the Bible? Read Acts 5. When you get home, that's your homework. You Go read it. It's in the Bible. So God is saying, I'm not interested. God is not hungry. There's no financial need of God's kingdom that God cannot provide for. If God is asking you for something, it is for your own good. It's a privilege of your destiny. If God is not asking you for something, you should be ashamed of yourself. Personally, I would be. And you should be by scripture. There was a time we had a need in church. And A man brought cash, a lot of money, believe me, I won't mention the amount, a lot of money to me, and gave me, and when he gave me, of course I was excited, because the day before I've been praying for God to supply the needs, and the day after, somebody brought cash, is that not God? But I, I, I took the, the money, I went inside. As I got inside, the Holy Spirit said to me, return his money. I have not accepted his sacrifice. You know, when God says, I have not asked you to give me anything, you are in a bad place with God. Bad place. So, so, so what do I do? I was I was inside. I came out. I said, should call him." They should call him. They called him. I said, "Oga, I'm very sorry, but I couldn't tell him." But I just gave him back his money. I said, "I can't accept it." And he left with his money. I, I don't want to tell you what happened after, <laughs> because that's it. if you're aware, you understand. You remember that story? Some people remember that story, you know. But the point is, is I've I've learned. That is not everybody God can ask or God deemed fit to ask them to give him something. Is everybody? So when we are talking about commonwealth, it's not a plea for money. No. No, 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 no. Those of us that are obedient, we have access and God will bless us. Say amen. Amen. And through us, God will make sure that there's no one that is lacking in God's family house. In fact, I'm praying that everybody in God's family house will choose commonwealth by and not by community. So what's it going to be for you today? Commonwealth by community or by covenant? I can't hear you. What will it be? Covenant. Let's bow our, our heads. And, and let us pray. let us pray. Let us pray. Let's talk to God. Let's, let's, let's talk to him. You may be here. You're, you're like, Pastor. I need commonwealth by covenant. I want to be the one taking care of people. I want to be the one taking care of people, pastor. But I don't have a covenant with God. I'm not born again. I used to be born again. I used to have a covenant with God. But I've gone back. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Should I come forward? No, 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 no. You don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me. Pull up your hand now over your head. Quickly. You Pull up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, God bless you. God bless you, sir. Shoot the hands up. Up. Over your head. God bless you, sir. Over your head. God bless you. Another person there. Keep the hands up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, Another hand there. God bless you, my, my sister. God bless you. Another hand there. That is the, my sister right there. God bless you. I don't have a covenant with God. I am not born again. I want to be born again. I used to be born again. I'm Can I come? Yes, you can. Put that hands over your head. I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. The God of heaven will meet with you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. It's okay. I begin to cry to God. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy upon me. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Let's talk to our Father, our King, our Maker, our God. And let's say to Him, today, my commonwealth access is going to be by covenant. Oh God of heaven. My commonwealth access is going to be by covenant. Oh God of heaven. Oh Father, we thank you. We give you praise and glory, Lord. We give you praise and glory, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you, Lord. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Amen. Father, we pray for everyone that's already to you. We ask. Make your covenant come to life in their lives. i we pray for every one of us that your word will bear fruit in our lives. Honor and glory be give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name. We are praying. Amen. Let's praise God for the Lord. Let's praise God for the Lord.